0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. And I am J.P. Mosier, And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great. Why we think they're awesome. And why you should, too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic.
0: So I always throw a fantastic out and try to segue it in. I got one that's not... Here's We'll figure out how we land. Okay. So I heard today that they are now making those goldfish crackers. You remember those little crackers as a kid? Of course. That are larger by 50% specifically made for adults. Oh. Now, when you think, like... I want a good snack. Do you think of, man, those goldfish crackers taste good? Oh. <laughs> I don't ever think, like, even as a kid, I don't think I was like, man, these taste good. I think these are just like, here's a snack. Okay.
1: So as a as a fine connoisseur of snacking, <laughs> here's what I find. Sure. That if my kids are eating goldfish, uh-huh. I'm going to eat some goldfish. Sure. Okay. If I'm grabbing a handful of, of goldfish. Of whatever snack it is. Yeah. Do
0: you do the same thing with, like, bag, if they eat, I don't know if you're the... Did the ones that did the cereal, like the Cheerios or Bags of Lucky Charms? You ever seen yeah, parents that pretty that much. are you just going in for whatever snack it is?
1: Um, I mean, obviously, Within reason. I've never really turned down a snack, <laughs> uh, but I, uh, what I'm saying is I'm not turning down goldfish. Okay. I don't know if I would just go buy them because if I was to go buy the goldfish- I think they're um, called like Mega Size or something like that. They would be on the same aisle as Cheez-Its. They would be sure. right next to Cheez-Its. Oh, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm picking Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its are yeah, winning. I'm winning. You know. you. That's true. And maybe even, you remember Cheese nips Yes, cheese. I nips. think I would take cheese nips over goldfish, although they're Horrible essentially nickname. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even I've no. never even thought about it in that context. No, but yes, you're absolutely right. Well then
0: we are not talking about goldfish. You or don't cheese want nips. that nickname. You do no, I'm not moving that. on from cheese nips. We, we, <laughs> we are going to be excellent to okay, each other. All right, okay, and we're gonna party on, dudes, because yes. we are in movie month. We're knee deep in movie month. Yes, we are. And we are covering Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yes. The kiss version. God gave rock and roll to you, too. Two. Two. Number two. Here we go. Play a little of it, Rob. Let's rock out. Grand oh, intro. Man. Man. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Out. Oh,
2: yeah. Come
0: on. All right, guys. I'm going to bring us back out of that because I'll just give you a little caveat on how we got into picking this song. So, first of all, God Gave Rock and Roll to You, killer song. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and we have the A songwriter of the original version. We have Russ... Ballard yes. um, from Argent on. That's right. So stick around. You're going to love the interview with a songwriter, and we're going to talk about the Argent version, but Rob has been wanting to cover a Kiss song for a while, yes. and I have debated doing maybe as a rivalry episode, but man, do we both love this song, yes. and we thought, what better way to tie it in than to throw it into movie month and talk about some Bill and Ted's love. Come on. I'm wearing a Bill and Ted shirt. Yes. Compliments of- Jack. 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 Jack, Jack's. man. Thank you so much. I'm rocking it. It's a uh, it's uh, from the San Dimas High School. That's right, um, rival high school of my wife um, from California. Out yeah. There, so great shirt.
1: Yes, great Jack to- sent us four T-shirts. I think so right. Kind. He sent he sent me some in like big dude size. And then, and then he JP sent you a couple Wild norm- Stallions related. Normals. I've got
0: one that says,
1: uh, I think it says Party On
0: Dudes or yeah. Be Excellent to be Each excellent Other. Be Excellent to Each Other. It's so good. Oh, no, i got the other one says San Dimas High School Football Rules. That, yes. That's <laughs> the one. This, yeah, so, <laughs> Which so, is awesome. Oh, so good. So, so good.
1: Huge Bill & Ted's fan. I I watched I re-watched Bill & Ted's Bogus Journey in preparation for this episode um, just because this this song actually – plays over the end credits Mm -hmm. but the plot of of bill and ted's bogus journey involves um a battle of the bands that's the central theme is they have to play at this battle of the bands in order to further their quest to become the band that is going to bring about peace in the world and um They, of course, go through a bogus journey in the process in which they die and go to hell and then to heaven. Play play games against death. They come on, they beat death. Uh, and he joins the band and anyway i don't it's, want to spoil anything but if you haven't seen bogus journey by the I now, have you... not seen the newest one. Oh have it's so seen... good it face is... the music. Yes. Yeah
0: i need to watch it. Um i think it's where you can watch it cheaper but when it originally came out it was like $39.99 or something. Oh yeah it when goes, you
1: had premium yeah.
0: premium stuff and i was like
1: i like Bill and Ted, but, <laughs> but not that much. I also no love it's food. really very good. Yeah it's a, it's also a love grilled... great fish. I don't like uh <laughs> I i'm not a big fan of like sequels for sequel's sake you uh-huh. know what i mean but i know they worked on that one for a long time and yeah. it's actually a worthy sequel it's very good it but, uh,
0: but yeah talk a little bit about the song we'll, we'll we'll jump right into this thing
1: okay so this is this version is actually called gay god gave rock and roll to you to uh i i right um by kiss because kiss made some significant lyrical changes and so this version from 1991's bill and ted's bogus journey and the 1992 kiss album revenge uh the original version is by russ ballard only the or, or, i mean uh, Recorded by Argent, written by Russ Ballard. Correct. The Kiss version is credited as Russ Ballard, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and Bob Ezrin, who was Kiss's producer uh, for the Revenge album. So, because they... Changed lyrics, added lyrics to a significant degree, so they actually got uh, songwriting credit for this version. The Kiss version went to number 21 on the Billboard US Mainstream Rock chart, and went to number 4 in the UK. This was a top 5 hit in the UK and Switzerland, uh, number 5 in Ireland, number 9 in Germany, top 20, several other places. So it was actually a pretty significant single for them at the time, especially when... At this point, Kiss was not the biggest band in the world anymore. This was on their way back toward a swing up mm-hmm. in the like Psycho Circus era when they reunited with the original lineup. But um, you know, this was a uh, this was while they were. Sans makeup, shall we say, yeah. in the in the no painted, makeup era.
0: Painted faceless. Yeah. Well they had faces, but no. <laughs>
1: <Right>. Yes. They, <laughs> I said um, that wrong.
0: No. Faceless paint no paintless faced. There you go. <laughs> I was putting the less <laughs> of the rock. Anyway. Paintless faced kiss. There you go. Without Ace Freely,
1: without <laughs> Yeah, Pink without Ace. That's right. So, so yeah. uh, um and we'll talk about some of the other members because they are significant to the the story behind them doing the song. Um but I just want to say Genuinely, truly, I love everything about this song. Okay. And I am not i am not the world's largest KISS fan. Mm-hmm. I don't own any KISS records. Okay. I love a couple of KISS songs. I love this song. I love rock and roll all night. Um, and, and party then there's every some, day. There's some others that I rock with, you know what I mean, that I'm like, whatever, you know, I'll turn it up, mm-hmm. fine. But um, I'm not like, you know, ah, KISS, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, but however... This song just I I I get this song dude. I love everything about it. The melody, the feel, the gang vocals, uh-huh. the gang vocals the gang dude vocals. for days. And you know what? I love the idea of this song rock and roll is a beautiful thing and to acknowledge that something beautiful came from god is right up my alley so to speak like yeah man god let you feel that Uh you know like come on that's like (laughs) this is everything about my life that is right if this had a baseball reference in it this would be everything you know (laughs) this would be the only song i need it's got god and rock and roll and baseball i'm good (laughs) with bobby cox on backing vocals (laughs) Yeah. So I just want to say that. Like, this is not a song that we chose just because, you know, we we got to Russ Ballard to interview him, but honest to goodness, I love, adore this song. It makes me feel things in my heart. <laughs> you know? Um, okay. Let's talk about let's first let's talk about the opening to this song. Let's do it. Okay. We we joked about it. It is very grandiose. Mm-hmm. Um and it it's all over the place. Like honestly, I get lost in the intro to uh-huh. the song. Yeah. So here's I'm gonna read it to you and see if you can make any sense of what's going on here musically. I think the Argent version, which I'll play in a minute, is a little more easy to lead your ear through. Uh-huh. The way they voice certain things or they have some some light melody going on leading to some of these chords, but I get lost in these chords trying to just hear what the crap key are we in right now? You know what I mean? (laughs) It's all over the place. So starts out E, A minor, D, G minor, C sharp, F sharp minor, F sharp major B minor it's it's a, a, a pattern of jumping from one major chord to a, a to a minor chord a fourth above it is kind of the pattern but it's jumping all over the place so E A minor yep, that's then we go down minor. D G minor okay
0: Four that's minor that's a whole
1: that. step down that's that pattern shifted a whole step down then down a half step C sharp to F sharp minor okay then F sharp major, major. So it makes it to major. B minor Okay. So it's the same four, move; four it's just minor in different places. Of F sharp. That's right. Then we go E to A major. Okay, so that's one major one four major, major four major. Then, and I think that's where the drums kick in, and then it goes C sharp major, F sharp minor, one okay. four, same thing. With F sharp one. major, B minor again, same progression. E A major. Okay, but F sharp major, B major. Okay, it's a 1-4 major. Yes, G-sharp, C-sharp minor, that's a 1-4 okay. minor. 1-4 minor. And then the F-sharp, which is where they finally land. So okay. the key
2: in is the chorus is in F the key of the song is it in F-sharp? No. Oh, okay.
1: because the, because the F-sharp becomes the 5. The 5 bum, of B. And that's when you get, and maybe that's one of the things that makes the chorus <laughs> feel so good. There's so much tension going on at the beginning of it, because you're like... I don't know where the beginning of the phrase is. Yeah. I don't have a clue what key we're in. Yeah. So when you finally get that big bong, bow, ba 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 your ear just goes, yay! <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
0: finally!
1: Let's listen to this all through one how more le- time.
0: How left out does F major and B flat major feel <laughs> in this song? Like, come on, what, guys! Guys, come on! We were right there! We're next door! <laughs> Show me some, le- we're right there either place! <laughs> like, whether you're coming from E
1: or F sharp. That's oh so my gosh. All right, one more time here's that intro. A minor down to D. D minor. C sharp. F sharp minor. F sharp major. B minor. Back to the E. A major. Drums. there There we are now we're in B now it feels like you have ground to stand on yeah that's just crazy dude hey that's nuts but that that melody once you
0: said hey we're this song's gonna be in B our first chord's gonna be in E it's like all right no yeah, problem. I can hear it. I got it. Yeah. They're like, well, we're throwing an A minor right after that. It's like, huh? Where are we going? Okay. And it's, yes. like,
1: it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, to try and make those chords make sense in relation to B, forget it. You're yep. not going to do it. Yeah, you the know song's
0: in B, and our fourth chord is going to be a G minor. You good with that? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it's, it's wild. But then it gives you this beautiful, grand melody and that that is equally beautiful played and sung uh-huh. and then you get these the the gang vocals coming in Dude, I you love know
0: it. um now, idea that just hit me which we may have done before we dropped this we got to get a bunch of people to just gang vocal this song and post it we'll mm, just get them all over just here, yeah, and we'll just gang just vocal it
1: gather in groups mask throw,
0: up throw it and, in <laughs> and we're just gonna freaking just everybody sing it and yeah. we'll do one of those large video things that's right It'd be awesome
1: Now, the so there's an alternate intro in the movie Mm -hmm. because the movie seamlessly goes from the ending scene with the battle of the bands with bill and ted and their band which at this point consists of the princesses from the first movie yep. uh, the the rope the good robots that they made <laughs> to combat the bad robot versions of them of themselves um yep. and then the alien scientist named station who made the robots uh, oh and also the grim reaper who plays uh, upright yeah. bass yeah.
0: <laughs> it looks so cool
1: so it's like all over the place and and they're playing this this intro which is actually by Steve Vai. Mm-hmm. Steve Vai does all the air guitar stuff that they play throughout the, the the second movie and um and then he also performs this intro which goes seamlessly from the ending scene into the chorus of the Kiss version as the credits roll. Let me let you hear that now. I'm going to pull it, pull this up. Let's
0: That's obviously Steve Vai.
2: George Carlin looking
1: on proudly. Rufus. Rufus. If you don't know that Steve Vai by there... now we've got kind of both playing over each other. One's going to fade out, the other fades in. And now we're fully in. Never mind hearing Steve Vai shred over this. (laughs) And so that plays, you're seeing people all around the world tune into this battle of the bands. And then, yeah, so it's it's great. Uh, Love that so much. Let's talk a little bit about the Argent version. Uh, It was released in 1973. It went to number 18 in the UK. It did chart in the US, but not very high. It went to 114 on Billboard. Um, But let me play you a little bit of the Argent version, because it has uh, some chords that are slightly different and a decidedly 70s uh, feel, still amazing. It just has – and one thing that I really like about it, it has a lot of chords – how do I put this? It has a lot of um, chords over their own flat 7. Um, so like – or chords – like that's a weird way to say it. You'll hear it. But like if you were in C, it's got a lot of like – C over B flat. E flat over F kind okay, of stuff okay. or like – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so several of those or like a flat 6 over flat 7 – those kind of moves um, are are really cool. So let's check this out. But basically the same intro. But I feel like it leads because they they're adding some notes. Get that nice '70s organ in there.
0: Really prominent organ. I put that in <laughs>
1: Accents on two and four. Here's your first change. That's a flat six over flat seven chord. Instead of walking up, the kids version goes flat seven, uh, flat, flat six, six flat six, seven, seven one, one, real big. Here they're just gonna go flat seven. You hear what I mean? Though it sounds seventies. Seventies bass sounding. Yeah. It's this far away from sounding like a Jug Band song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's this far from Mungo Jerry. <laughs> like, the prog rock. This same chord. It's like, the chord's are just a little different than the Kiss version. It's great, though. That's like a one major nine. And the lyrics in this first verse are very, very different. There's also a couple extra beats in there. Anyway, but I love both both versions. Well, that's
0: the Argent version, for sure. That is the Argent version? And the Argent version, sure. you will notice the organ being prominent because that is Rod Argent on
1: keyboards and okay. organs. So. That's, that's it. And a little more on Argent, actually. Uh, their biggest hit was called Hold Your Head Up. Um, And you probably know it You may not know it by the title But uh, you probably know the song Let's play a little bit of Hold Your Head Up And we gotta get Let's see No I need the single version The original version Is six minutes long And it feels like a U2 song At the beginning Right? You can definitely hear some U2 in here I mean Come on What? If you don't know this at this point, you'll know the chorus. Feels great. Let's skip ahead. Uh, Let's not. Let's just listen. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's awesome. Hold your head high. Hold your head high. I mean, that's, dude. Yes. Come on, that's dude, that's, that's beautiful. Argent. Um, okay. Do you want to meet these bands? Yes. Okay. Let's,
0: let's, let's meet you. them. Let's play it at least once or twice. Here we go. <laughs> hey,
2: let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama,
0: let's meet the band. Let's all. So I've got both bands to be met. Okay. So I don't know where we want to start. Let's start with the Kiss band. Okay. And sure. then we'll go to the Argent band. All right. Um, so we're going to meet the band that played on the, the Kiss one that we started with. Okay. Great. Paul Stanley, vocals, rhythm guitar, uh, Hitman rated him the 18th greatest – of the hundred metal vocalists of all time. Wow. His right ear was misshapen, and he couldn't hear till he had surgery in 1982, so he couldn't even hear out of his right ear. No kidding. Yeah, Paul Stanley. Born Stanley Burt Eisen. Changed his name to Paul after Paul McCartney and Paul Rogers. Wow. So those are two pretty good. Uh, and, That's yeah. awesome. He's the star child in Kiss Correct. with the one star over the right eye. That is Paul Stanley Um, On vocals and bass, Gene Simmons worked odd jobs, including selling trading comic books, which is kind of neat. Probably the longest tongue in rock and roll music, (laughs) I would say. Uh, He can speak German, English, Hungarian, Hebrew, and Japanese.
1: No kidding. Yeah, how about
0: that? He fell in love with Diana Ross while dating Cher. (laughs) How about that?
1: He didn't date Diana Ross, did he? Did he, they date? I don't
0: think they dated. Okay, he was just I like know, he was like. I fell in love with yeah, I fell in love with her on cheer. Um, Lead guitar on this track, also bass, um, also in Grand Funk Railroad. Bruce Kulick, um, yeah. his brother was uh, in Meatloaf's touring band, and and they both toured with Meatloaf uh, following the release of the first album. Okay, so um, him and his brother both toured with Meatloaf on drums and backing vocals. Eric Singer, he plays the role of the Catman, which was originally Peter Chris's character. Um, also played with Lita Ford, Black Sabbath, Brian May, Alice Cooper, among others. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. as drummer one, um on – also on drums, we'll say Eric Carr. Um, he plays drums on Car Jam 1981, backing vocals on God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Um, Eric Carr, the drummer, was actually in the band Video – but was battling heart cancer, so actually couldn't play on the track. So right. Eric Singer did. Um, but they put him in the video with a big wig and his hair had all fallen out. So They put him in a big wig, so really cool. I thought that they got him still in there, so both Eric's. Um, not on this album or track, but if we're talking KISS, i got to talk a little bit about Ace Frehley because it would feel weird to not talk about KISS without talking about Ace Frehley. Yeah. Um, he's got an awesome custom Gibson Les Paul that emits smoke from the humbuckers and lights that match the tempo of the song, which I think is is really neat. Um, not on this album and track at all, but also got to talk about Peter Criss, who's the original drummer, responsible for placing the ad in the East Coast edition of Rolling Stone that simply read, Rock and Roll Drummer, looking for original group doing soft and hard music um Peter Brooklyn Paul and Gene answered and they added ace and uh, the rest is history wrote uh, the he wrote the ballad Beth for Beth, kiss yeah. so yeah so which is so,
1: arguably arguably their biggest song. probably their biggest song biggest hit think. anyway, biggest anyway hit it might yet. not be their biggest song the biggest
0: hit. Um, so yeah so that is the kiss band yeah um, I don't know if we want to play the jingle again and let's uh, <laughs> we'll meet argent so uh, the original was recorded by argent who we've talked about um rod argent on keyboards backing vocals and lead vocals bob henrit on drums russ ballard who we're going to hang out with at the end guitar lead vocalist wrote the song uh jim rodford on bass and backing vocals Um, bass really prominent in the mix. Um, John Verity on guitar and lead vocals and also John Grimaldi on guitar. So lots of guitars in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the, that is that version. I did not do a meet the band version on the Petra version. Um, even though. Because we already met
1: Petra. That is,
0: and that is the version that I knew first and the one that I liked and grew up on. So of,
1: of the three. Of the
0: three. That's definitely the one I know the best. Okay. Definitely the one I know the most is it your favorite man that's it's Hard tough to say. To, it's tough to say because it's heartstrings it's what i know mm-hmm. it's familiarity and i just recently have started listening to the kiss version more mainly a lot in preparation for this mm-hmm. but it probably and they have actually two versions of it they have one on their first album and then they had one on beat the system which that's probably my favorite okay. i guess i just got to say but um, I do love is, the guitar on the Kiss version.
1: Their version is the least, my least favorite of the three. Okay, because of if nothing else, the rhythm that they sing on the mm-hmm. chorus is different. Mm-hmm. They
2: you want to play a little? They of don't it, syncopate so-
1: it. Yeah, let's do this, and then I'll I'll tell you what I don't like about it. <laughs> A little more straight ahead. I like Greg Cole's vocals. I don't like the rhythm. Yeah. Uh, choppy for you. Yeah, syncopated, dude. Yeah. Come on, going get rock and roll to
2: you. He does some little you know? look out in there.
1: Yeah, I mean his vocals are undeniable, yeah. but I, you know. It's not. It, that's not my version.
0: Put it in the souls of everyone yeah, yeah. versus gave rock and roll to everyone. Okay.
1: Kids. Well, it's in. The, it says both in the in the other versions too. Put it in the soul of everyone mm-hmm. and uh, and gave rock and roll to everyone. It
0: doesn't say God gave rock and roll to everyone. They in the never Petra, say that in the, the Petra, Petra version. version. They never okay. do. Funny. Uh,
1: so a little more on on the Kiss version and and band here. Um, the KISS version is not only a reworking of the Argent track, but it's actually, it's special in that it's a tribute to then KISS drummer Eric Carr, who was at the time um, dealing with the heart cancer that ultimately killed him. Like, um, it, was the, it was the last KISS song to feature Eric Carr. Now, he didn't play it on it, as you said, but he right. did provide some background vocals. Um, he died three months after this was released as a single. So like it was the last, his last piece of music. Um, and although he was too ill to play drums on the track, he is featured on backing vocals during the, the, uh, kind of break at the end. Um, let me play you because this is actually one of my favorite parts of the song. And it was cool to read that it was actually Eric Carr. Um, when they break it down after the guitar solo, it's got some alternate chords in there. Um, where So it's a straight ahead walk down Boom, God gave rock One, seven, roll to you Six, put it in the uh, Five, roll to you Four, right? Well, what they do Here at the end involves a uh, a Four sharp diminished chord God gave rock and roll To you one, and rock, six, and roll to uh, um, rock and roll To you That's Eric Card Doing the high back okay, yeah. okay, listen one more time God gave rock and roll to you Six, five, four, sharp, four I love that It's good layered vocals Great layered vocals, beautiful And then of course they go back to rock and roll Pause, wait for it Flourish There we go <laughs> Alright so, yeah, really nice, uh, really nice touch there. Kind of a really a tender touch, you know what I mean, from Kiss, which is what you—subtlety <laughs> is not really what Kiss is no, known for. they're in your
0: face. Yeah, so in your painted
1: face. A nice moment for that. Um, this uh, The single was also the first to feature Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley sharing lead vocals mm-hmm. uh, since the song I from 1981's Music from the Elder. That's pretty cool. That is neat. A little more on Kiss. Let's talk some Kiss. Here we go. I'm going to try and not recover ground that you already covered. Okay. Um, by the way, I literally made the font of their band name bigger in my notes because that's what <laughs> Kiss looks, that's is, good. right? I like that. They that's are larger good. than life, yeah. superhero figures who breathe fire and <laughs> spit blood right. and set off explosions.
0: <laughs> my uncle has seen them so many times in concert and says it's without a doubt the best show you'll ever see.
1: I, I, I can believe to, it. He's
0: been to tons of rock and roll shows. He is a huge Kiss fan. Yeah, but he's like, there is no show that is better. Yeah, and he's like, it's it's everything.
1: I can believe it. If that's you know what I mean, if just. From a pure showmanship standpoint, Uh I'm not sure anybody does it better than KISS. Yeah. Just it's like a it's like it's a spectacle. It is a spectacle. Yes, that is absolutely perfect. KISS has sold more than 75 million albums worldwide, including 21 million selling albums and 30 gold albums, (laughs) more than any other U.S. band. This wow. has more gold albums than any other band in U.S. history. I remember we did that for one of the bass player episodes where we talked
0: about the wealthiest bass players in yeah. top five, and I remember Gene Simmons was in the top five. Yeah. And that makes sense with That's that right. stat.
1: They have 14 platinum or multi-platinum <laughs> albums in the U.S. alone, awesome. but they have 21 albums that have sold a million copies or more worldwide.
0: That's crazy.
1: It's wild. Everything
0: it's... they s- sell people buy is like, Pretty much. like 20 wood.
1: Yeah. Uh Rock and Roll Hall of fame class of 2014 a lot of people they were actually the first band to have somebody protest on their behalf at the rock and roll hall of fame oh yeah because they were eligible years earlier and people were like what took you so long what okay. yes exactly what is taking so long to get in the rock and roll hall of fame yeah uh let's see they according to mtv are the ninth greatest metal band of all time that's according to mtv
0: oh, okay so you know
1: i got that list yeah, i was about
0: to say you got the list Here let's go. go to this list rob loves list
1: i love list all right, this is the greatest heavy metal bands of all time, according to MTV's panel of experts. Count it down from 10? Count it down from 10. Number 10, Mötley Crüe. I said it with the umlauts yeah, in you it. Did. I'm going to M- guess
0: number nine, Kiss.
1: Kiss, oh, no. Ta-da, good job. Uh, number eight, actually a lot of umlauts in this list. Number eight is Motherhead. Motherhead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number seven is ACDC. Okay. Number six is Slayer. Number five, Pantera, newer group. Uh, number four, Iron Maiden. Number three, Metallica. Number two, Judas Priest. Number one, you want to guess it
0: from there? You said Metallica already. I that's, said Metallica. That's where I would have put it. Poison? Are they going to be? Gosh, him? no, 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 oh. no. Uh, well, heavy metal. Well, heavy well metal, heavy crew metal. made the thing, so I was like, yeah, oh yeah, Molly, Molly Crew did. Oh man, Slayer. But,
1: I'll give right. you some honorable mentions. Why you think okay. Allison Chains, mm-hmm. Anthrax, Faith No More, whose bass player appeared in? Uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, as the head of the like, yeah. what is it? The faith, uh, the Faith No More Institute for. Um, Did you
0: say Black Sabbath?
1: It's Black Sabbath. Okay, yeah. yeah. What is it they said the, the Faith No More Institute for something in theology? It's like uh, I can't <laughs> remember. Anyway, all right. Um, so that is the MTV uh, top ten greatest heavy metal bands of all time. Kiss is also listed as by VH1 as the tenth great, tenth greatest hard rock artist of all time so they're going metal
0: and hard rock they're that's both right categories so
1: this is hard rock so here's, here's that list okay number 10 is kiss number 11 by the way just just eking out of the top 10 is Aerosmith
0: okay okay wow. so
1: yeah so uh number nine Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. number eight The Who number seven The Mighty Van Halen mm-hmm. number six Nirvana number five Metallica number four ACDC number three Jimi Hendrix A band. The Jimi Hendrix Experience. The Jimi Hendrix Experience. uh, Number, and this is just artists, so greatest hard rock artist. Number two, Black Sabbath. Number one, think hard rock but not heavy metal. Bon Jovi? John Bon Jovi? No. I don't know. I'm just
0: thinking of comparison (laughs) in that list.
1: Yeah. Uh, No,
0: classic. 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 Led Zeppelin? Led
1: Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin is the answer we were looking for. And they were the third greatest metal and hard rock live band of all time as crowned by Loudwire magazine. That top five is Iggy Pop, ACDC, Kiss, Queen, and Iron Maiden. Number one, according to Loudwire. Dude, Iron Maiden can play. My, yeah.
0: I, I, it's I couldn't get thing. into them because they're so evil looking on the cover. Yeah. Like, like, I couldn't listen to them, so I couldn't bring them home. But one of my buddies, his name's Andy Wattenbarger, shout out to Waddy, is the biggest Iron Maiden fan I've ever met. Okay, he, wow. And it's, he's like, he knows everything by them. He yeah. plays bass and he tries to, you know, and they're, that's tough.
1: People who are into Iron Maiden, like, live and Look, breathe it.
0: It's like, it feels weird. He's, you know, he's a he plays bass in a church, so he's pretty, clean cut for the most part and then you yeah. walk in his basement and it's all there <laughs> pic- it's like where have I stepped into like a dungeon it just looks evil he's got bases hanging on the wall are You murder warlocks me? and like freaking <laughs> those posters yeah but, that's great yeah. yeah
1: dude people people who are real like Iron Maiden like heads uh-huh. are uh, obsessed yep. it's like people who listen to our show
0: you know what I mean thank like, you thank you uh, great pates yeah thank people that's right
1: if you're a patron of the show we understand if you walk into your basement you've just got pictures of me and JP <laughs> posted all over your walls. If your uh, ring understand.
0: tone is the Meet the Band jingle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. The original lineup of Kiss, as you said, it's not so Kiss is funny because they are characters, right? Yeah. So they're it's it's not um in addition to being you know, Paul, Paul Gene, Ace, and Peter. The star child. They were the yep. Star Child, the demon, the spaceman, and the cat man. Mm-hmm. And so they had these like characters. It's almost like it's almost like um, you know, a, a, a show it's of theater. a movie franchise where you have characters that could be played by different actors if mm-hmm. somebody bows out. Yeah. So that eventually they brought back the spaceman character. They brought back the cat man character, even though it wasn't Ace and it wasn't Peter. Um, and so that's, you know, they continue to use those. Now there are also periods with like Vinnie Vincent where, uh, Vinnie Vincent was like an Egyptian, um, warrior and he had a little d- different face paint. Um, and then Eric, uh, Eric, uh, singer, uh, and, uh, no, I'm sorry. Eric Carr was the Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they, then they un- unpainted and, um, then, then when they repainted, it was the original makeup again. um, they have some absolutely uh, ludicrous merchandise. <laughs> Kiss is the most widely merchandised band of all time. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. I don't think he's anybody even comes close <laughs> to the amount of different kinds of merchandise. Gene Simmons will say yes to anything. Yeah, right. He, it's basically like Gene. I have this idea for some Kiss merch, and he's like, "Will it pay me a dollar?" <laughs> absolutely yes. Sign me up for it. Don't care. Right? These are the yeah. guys who. Who donated their own blood to be poured into the comic books, Uh the Kiss comic books by Marvel in the 70s. Uh, I mean, anything to get the band out there, right, they will do. (laughs) So I found a list of some of the most ridiculous official Kiss merch that Gene Simmons actually signed off on, okay? Okay. Uh, number one, and this is on like a ranking site, you know what I mean? Where people just vote things up and down. So it's not like in super order. It's just order of what people liked. Um, number one is kiss air guitar strings. It's (laughs) nothing. (laughs) It's nothing. It's a little thing. It's got a, it's got a label that says kiss air guitar strings. And then just a little uh, package that has uh, nothing in it that that you can see through. Oh, I love
0: that so
1: much. Uh, let's see. Kiss super spicy chili tomato meat buns. Okay. These are in, uh, Japan. Uh, and they're like scorched on the top anyway number three is a kiss casket that's casket with a k and it's literally just a tricked out uh you know it's got kiss stuff all over it and it's on this big chrome carrier um kiss casket that cost about three grand when it came out in 2001 i wonder you think there's people out there in the kiss caskets oh definitely Let's see. Uh, Kiss themed Hello Kitty. Last Will and
0: Testament. They're like that. That's right. They're like life savings, whatever. That. I want that.
1: That's right. Kiss themed Hello Kitty toilet paper. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. This is maybe my favorite of this list so far. I haven't gone down the whole list, but kiss condoms. Okay. Uh, There were different ones. There was tongue lubricated uh, that had Jean's face on the. Right? uh there were uh studded paul and love gun protection uh let's
0: see i still like the air guitar strings that's my favorite that's so good that's brilliant there's
1: kiss meets archie comics uh kiss scratch and win lottery tickets kiss crunch cereal uh let's see there's all sorts of beauty products (laughs) snuggies uh (laughs) cornhole boards They've had, I mean, pinball, lunch boxes, of course, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of just insane merchandise. As a matter of fact, they even had a pro wrestler. Do okay. you know about this? No. Uh-uh. Okay. I knew about this because I watched WCW, World Championship Wrestling, in the 90s, and they shut down in the early 2000s, got, got bought out by WWE. Um, but in the late 90s, there was an officially licensed character in that promotion called The Demon. Who wrestled in full gene Simmons gimmick okay. okay now of course it wasn't Gene Simmons, he was a trained pro wrestler okay um and it, originally his first two appearances were uh by a guy named uh brian uh Adams <laughs> funny enough. Brian, brian Adams. Adams uh who you may know if you're a wrestling fan you may know as crush um he was also uh he had a couple other gimmicks, but a lot of people know him as crush, but he never actually appeared. Uh, in ring to wrestle as the character it was just
0: showing shit like he just showed up in for his
1: when they announced the character he played the character but um when when he actually started to wrestle this guy didn't want to do it he's like i'm you know what i'm not going to do this find somebody else and so they got a guy whose name was dale torborg does that name ring any bells to you Mm -mm. all right his dad's name might because his dad was mlb player and manager jeff torborg you remember Jeff Torborg? Vaguely. He was a catcher. He caught Nolan Ryan's first no-hitter. Well, that's pretty good. Cool. Bill Singer's no-hitter and Sandy Koufax's perfect game. He
0: caught three big games. Yes. That's crazy. He
1: managed the Chicago White Sox and Mets when we were kids. Okay. Uh, and he was a broadcaster after that. That's awesome. His son, His son Dale, aka the Demon, is now the strength and conditioning coach for the White Sox. How about that? Little MLB tie-in there. That's great. How about Anytime that? we can tie him, We love baseball. That's right. Uh, KISS started a three-year world retirement from touring tour okay. that is set to end in 2022. Okay, um, and obviously got slowed down by you know the pandemic and touring, but it's supposed to wrap up in 2022. Uh, let's see. Okay, gosh, I've got so much. Go, no, I got a little more. I don't have a ton more. Uh KISS was formed out of a band that Gene and Paul were in called Wicked Lester, who signed and recorded one album with Epic Records in the early 70s. You can actually listen to it uh on its it streams now, okay. Epic Lester. It's not great. Okay. It sounds like it sounds like a garage band recording and whatever. It's nah, I don't recommend it. Uh let's see. Other notes. The KISS traditional logo designed by Paul Stanley by hand. Uh, I say by hand. He he designed it by hand, not with the aid of like a program Stencil. or anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> he did it with a Sharpie and a ruler. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it, this is one of those things you can't really unsee. Once I, So I hope you're ready for this, KISS fans. Uh, the, the KISS logo has two kind of lightning bolt shaped S's. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're like yeah. crookedy like that. Um, but they're actually not parallel with each other. So like one has a slightly different angle to it than the other. They meet up at the top and the bottom, mm-hmm. uh but one the way they the way they just sit, one is just a little crooked from the other. Um and so if that drives you crazy, I'm sorry, but I did <laughs> warn you. Certain countries use a different logo for the band because the SS in the Kiss logo has a similar look to the SS symbol that the Nazis used. Oh wow. Um it's very similar. I mean, it's almost it's almost identical. Um And of course, uh, Paul and Jean are both Jewish, uh, and they both say there was never any intent, you know, nothing intentional there. But in, um, in Germany, uh, Israel, several other countries in that region, um, where that would be a very sensitive logo. Yeah, you gotta be careful. With they that. use an alternate KISS logo that's uh, a little more rounded uh, for on the S's. Yeah. The K and the I are the same. I was so. gonna
0: add, obviously, they play Germany because Gene speaks German. Yeah, like sure. so he's got some yeah, eyes yeah, yeah. there.
1: Um, okay, how about this? is This is incredible. How about the KISS solo records? Uh, okay. the, their first round of solo records, they dropped four solo records all on the same day. And if you if you look at them, they're all they're all kiss branded albums, but it's like kiss and then it just has like Peter Chris's face on the front, you know what I mean like and it's done very cool. they look very cool. They dropped them all on the same day um, and coincidentally the only f- top 40 single from any of the solo records was Ace Fraley's cover of a song called New York Groove, written by Russ, Russ Ballard. Ballard there we come go come on. There we go. Let's see. A little more from uh, Wikipedia. This is going to... I don't know whether I believe this or not, okay? okay. My heart doesn't believe this, Okay, but according but it's to... out there in the world, it's so out let's there. Read it. Gene Simmons stated in his autobiography, which, by the way, is called Kiss and Makeup. Okay, that's great. Come on. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Kiss yeah. and Makeup. Uh, he said in his autobiography, Kiss and Makeup, that Van Halen founder, Eddie Van Halen, was eager to replace Ace Fraley as Kiss's lead rumor. guitarist. Yeah,
0: cu- yeah, I heard somebody say that. So he-
1: Maybe I read it. Here's a little context. Um, Gene Simmons, and of course, Gene was foundational early in Van Halen's career. Mm-hmm. He financed and produced their first demo tape, and you can find those demos, uh, just search for Van Halen, Gene Simmons demos. You can get them now and hear them. that has got some of their early material. Yeah. Um, so obviously that part is that 100% ties, true. That, that tie is there. Uh, but Gene and Eddie's brother, Alex, convinced Eddie to remain with Van Halen. Allegedly, okay. Um Eddie was willing to break up Van Halen due to tensions at the time between himself and lead vocalist David Lee Roth, who ultimately left the band in eighty five. So
0: if that happens, we don't get the Sammy
1: Hagar years, oh which gosh. makes me
0: sad. And
1: and we're huge Kiss fans. We're big Kiss fans, right? I mean, yeah. massive Kiss fans. Yeah. Um, other notable guitarists who auditioned to replace they of playing a, a Wolfgang. I'm playing,
0: <laughs> I'm playing a freaking guitar <laughs> yeah. with lights and yeah. smoke
1: coming out the pointy I know, edges right? and it's crazy. yeah, all kinds of things. Um, But uh, apparently, uh, other notable guitarists who auditioned to replace Ace Fraley included (laughs) Punky Meadows of Angel, Doug Aldrich of Whitesnake and Dio, Richie (laughs) Sambora of Bon Jovi, and and I tell you who, this this could have been a perfect fit for Kiss, Ingve Malmsteen. Yeah, dude,
0: man, he's kicking picks
1: all over the place. I mean- he would Indeed. fit right in. He would man. Now musically, he no. would have been too much. H- they would have hated been him too much for anybody. Yeah, that's right. They'd
0: been like, calm down, like, yeah.
1: quit spinning. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> they're like, dude, stop playing this. Song. This is Beth. They're yeah. like, you know what I mean? Stop <laughs> yeah. playing. Yeah, this is not. A, you don't. You're not even on this song. And he's like, <laughs> feedback and all this. Stuff. Yeah, that's Man. awesome. Anyway, but he would have fit character wise. Uh-huh. He he definitely would have fit.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Uh, let's see. Okay, a nice kiss moment in the movie. This is Spinal Tap. Um, there are several things in that movie that make me think kiss. Uh-huh. I don't know that they are based on kiss. You know, I know there's some there's there is definitely a kiss story of kiss getting uh, either lost or trapped the under the stage. Yeah. You know, but I think that actually happened after Spinal Tap came out. Oh, I didn't know that. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I know, right? But there is a moment... Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Uh, there's (laughs) uh, There's a moment, though, where the band is having, quote, a bit of the drabs uh, and lead singer uh, David St. Hubbin's girlfriend has designed some face makeup for them <laughs> that obviously has to be a rib on Kiss. Yeah. Um, and the, the makeup is very <laughs> Kiss fashion. And they're like sitting at a diner and she's handing out these sketches, you know what I mean? Um, and they're based on like Zodiac signs. So their keyboard player, uh, Viv Savage, has like a yin-yang Libra thing. Um, Nigel is a, a goat uh, for, <laughs> for as a Capricorn. Derek Smalls is a crab. And uh, and David gets a lion face, um, but they I just the funny it's there's nothing there's it this line isn't funny, but the way they say it is so funny because he just hands him this and he goes here's your crab face, <laughs> and it's I don't know too funny. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. I, gotta I have
0: st- I gotta stump the genius.
1: Oh gosh, let's we have to stump the genius. Let's, let's do it. Stump the genius. Stump the Gene Simmons Gen- genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius.
2: The genius. It's
0: time to stump the genius. I take your part. All right, we're gonna play Stump the Genius, Bill and Ted Edition. Oh, let's go. Oh, uh,
1: Rob's gonna let's kill go. this. Kill I'm this. I'm gonna ace freely this.
0: Oh, I love it. Here we go. According to Ted, who is Noah's wife?
1: Uh Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. <laughs> Nailing
0: it one for one. In clue, who uh who against the Reaper. Okay, when they're playing oh, okay. I was like, wait, uh, when they're okay. playing against yeah. the Reaper.
1: Um, who was the killer? Okay. Death says it's Colonel Mustard. Right. But it's actually Professor Plum. That's
0: correct. plum Sorry, Death, you lose. It was Professor Plum. He <laughs> thought it was, uh, Colonel Mustard in the cellar with the candlestick. <laughs> what was the name of the teacher that assigned the project of the historical figures? Do you want multiple choice? No.
1: No, okay. no. Uh, hold on.
0: Mr. Ryan. Mr. Ryan! Boo! Bam! What was the name of the sporting goods store that Genghis Khan tears apart? It is – hold on. It's
1: Osmond's. It's Oshman's. Oshman's? Oshman's. Oh, wow. Okay. That's
0: great. Man, that was a toughie. All right, number five and final. Rob has killed this. Killed
1: this. What was Bill's new mom's name? Bill's new mom. So in, so, okay. So backstory <laughs> is there, her name is Missy. Her name, her name is, is Missy. Missy. All right. <laughs> Thanks, so, Missy. I mean, mom, Missy is one of the great running jokes throughout the series. Yes. So in, in the, in the <laughs> first movie, um, she's just like, she's three years older than them. She's yeah. barely older than them. Yeah. And in the, in the first movie, uh, Bill's parents had gotten divorced and his bill, uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, yes, right. Bill's yes, Bill's dad married Missy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, and of course, she like she's in their room and whatever, and they're like gaga over her, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, and Ted's like, your stepmom's cute, dude. You know, he's like, Shut up, Ted. He's like, You remember when she was a senior and we were freshmen? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Ted. That, you know what I mean? It's a whole great. thing. And then in Bill and Ted's bogus journey, we find that uh Missy has divorced bill's dad and married ted's, ted's dad <laughs> and so they go through the, the reverse of the whole thing and then spoiler alert i don't want to spoil anything major but in the in bill and ted face the music the third movie the opening scene is at a wedding and it's the wedding of missy and deacon ted's oh, little brother dude, that's missy is marrying deacon that's funny. and uh that's it's great Disgusting, actually, <laughs> but
0: uh, but great job! Holy cow, Rob! Come Clean on, house five knew, for five.
1: I knew I had that one.
0: Thumped that genius. I felt no good about more. that. that was Bill
1: wonderful. and Ted, uh, especially excellent adventure, but obviously bogus journey by you know by association is one of the foundational movies for who I am. That's great. Bill yeah. and Ted and Wayne's World uh-huh. are on equal footing for me. As far as like how much of my humor uh-huh. and just the, the way they love, the way those movies revere music yeah. has always been important to me. You That's know what good. I mean? Absolutely. So That's I, I knew I had that. Um, let's see. Okay. One last note on this. Every now and then, when you listen to a song enough, you'll find some sort of uh, edit in there that okay. you never caught before. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can hear things like, like a where- a punch or- a, Yeah, a punch in. So they'll do these things, for for those unfamiliar with the term, where you're, uh, you know, instead of playing a whole track again, you know, I messed up, oh, I gotta play the whole thing again. They'll say, well, let me punch you in. And so they'll say, all right, I'll start you in the, you know, at the beginning of the chorus and you'll play a line and then they punch you out and it just drops in this one little thing. It's extremely easy to do in the digital era. It was not exactly as easy to do on the in, Roland V
0: studio. That's right. <laughs> yes.
1: Or in the in the analog. Even before area. that, on cassette. On tapes. Oh, like, yes. Yeah, exactly. So you had to time it just right. And obviously it's easiest to do when there's a space. Mm-hmm. If you got a space before this lead line, then you can just drop in that one lead line, no harm, no foul. But if you've got a thing that you're like, man, I really want to be able to keep this one part but punch in in the middle of a phrase, either on an instrument or a vocal. And when it's busy, it's tougher. Yeah. And so, but you're like, man, you really nailed that thing, but let's try and punch in that second part. So I found a punch, okay? okay? And it's actually one of my favorite parts of the song. There's an end part of this thing where Paul Stanley starts sort of like sermonizing almost. He's like giving the pep talk at the end. He's like, come on, people. You know what I mean? It's like-
0: Rock and roll. Yes,
1: that's where it is. Okay. okay. It's maybe one of my favorite Paul Stanley moments. Okay. Alright, so let me let me give you the end of this here. I know life sometimes can get tough. Come on. First of all, I was like, oh, I wasn't sure. I didn't know Paul could do that. Yeah. I, I didn't know that Paul had that in him, right? Uh-huh. So, I, I love that line, but this is another one of those things you're not going to be able to unhear this once I play this again and point out, okay? okay? So, once he hits the first piece of vibrato rock and roll, there's a little cut right there. If you're listening, you'll catch it, okay? You'll hear the voice change and it's not a natural vibrato cut. This, my uh-huh. friends, is a punch-in. i giving a There's a little flutter. I didn't hear it. Just a little flutter before that first first. name is... It's that that very dude, first flutter you hear. No way, I would have caught that. I will and go to my grave believing that is a punch in. I don't okay. know. It's I, too I, I, unnatural to it, yeah. be a as smooth a as the rest of that vibrato yeah. is. I think what they're like, dude. You nailed that one, uh-huh. but maybe he sang it flat, or they're like, dude, yeah. what if you did a little flourish at the end and yeah. took it down because it, it's great. crushed. Whatever it is, it's crushed, and I'm <laughs> glad they. I'm glad they. You know. Put it um, together. Yeah, tied those both in together. Okay, man, Dude, this, this has been, has been an-
0: and we get to interview the artist that wrote it. Nick. Let's go!
1: Goodness gracious, we're just getting ramped up. That's right. It's 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 like an excellent adventure, you know. It is Robin JP's epic podcast adventure. There we go. Uh, okay, we're gonna go talk to Russ Ballard, and we'll be back at the end to tuck you in. But in the meantime. Stop what you're doing right now. I see you, doctor. I know you're scrubbed up. You're mid surgery, but you gotta stop, okay? I know you're playing us in the OR, and it's an important thing. You know what? The guy's, he'll be fine. I know you've got his ribs opened up. My mom's a retired nurse. It's okay. Trust us. He'll be okay, okay? Gail told us he'll be fine. He'll be fine. All right? Just leave it and go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter <laughs> right now and follow us at Great Song Pod. You'll be glad you did. I promise. Be part of the Facebook group. It is called Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. You can take your gloves off. I mean, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and then or you can just go to Facebook.com slash groups slash Great Song Pod and find us directly there. If you just really love what you're hearing and you want to help us make more of it, if you want to be a part of producing the show, you can become a Patreon producer at Patreon.com/slash GreatSongPod. That's patreo com slash GreatSongPod. And when you do that, when you just decide to, you know, uh, support the show once a month. Instead of buying a Frappuccino, we can say thank you by giving you bonus shows, stuff you can't get anywhere else, early releases, behind-the-scenes goodies, and more as our way of saying thank you so much for supporting the show. So do all that stuff right now. Then you can scrub back in, get back to your surgery. See, that didn't take long at all. He's fine. Jeez. Uh, We're going to talk to Russ Ballard. We'll see you again in a second. This is The Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Russ Ballard, uh, the writer of God Gave Rock and Roll to You and many other great tracks, so much other stuff, Argent, all the things. It's uh, we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much Russ for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast.
2: Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. We're so excited to, to uh to
1: talk to you about uh, not only God gave rock and roll to you, but but so much of your other uh, career stuff. But I do want to start with uh, with God gave rock and roll to you, since that's what our episode is focused on. Um, can you kind of tell us okay. how the track came to be, the inspiration, and and
2: sort of the writing of it? Yeah, well, I wrote it. I wrote the song in nineteen seventy seventy three, which is a long time ago. But uh, uh, it was a strange one. It happened. It happened when, after I I had a bit of, it's a strange thing. We'd been working really hard. I was with Argent at the time and touring the States and stuff, but not really having any time off, you know, any moments I had off, I was, I was writing, so I was always working. So I was, but really, but it's not work, is it really? But, <laughs> uh, you know, you can overdo things, you know. So, I mean, sometimes I would play, uh, we would, the car would turn up and pick me up to take me, take the band to a show we'd be playing in Manchester here, which is like three hours away. And we finish at midnight, get back three in the morning. I'd be up at seven writing until two the next day when the car would pick me up and take me to Bournemouth or take me to Dover or take me to (laughs) Birmingham. And I did this for two years, you know, just solidly two years, seven days a week. Wow. Uh, uh, The gigs weren't always seven days a week, but if I had a day off, I would be writing all day, you know, So sort get home at three in the morning, four in the morning or whenever. And I'd be up at seven and I'd be writing till the, you know, right the way through. Uh, so I had a bit of one of those low times, you know, when you sort of, they call it emotional. I was emotionally exhausted, you know? Mm. And um, so it was a bit of a rough time, you know? And then um, uh, I, I kept writing through it, you know, I'm, very, very close friend of mine is Nick Kinsey, a guy who no longer with us. But uh, he just married a, a he was he was about twenty he was about 28, 27. He married a girl who was a year old. And they met at university, and um and they married and stuff. And uh he said to me one day, you know, Carol's Carol's very ill. You know, she got cancer or one of those sort of things. I said, you're kidding. What's you know. It's, 28 years of age, you know, he said, yeah, he said, but uh, she's okay at the moment. And um, so uh, I went on holiday at the time. I remember coming back and feeling bad on holiday, actually. And I'm sort of thinking about Nick and these problems with his wife and stuff. When I got back, I thought I must phone Nick. I said, see how she is. I must phone Nick. got to phone Nick to see how she is. And I got back from holiday in Spain, from Spain. And I found his studio where I used to do my demos in Barnet, And there's there's an American guy called Richie Gold, used to be the tape operator there, you know. And he said, uh, I I said to him, can I speak Richie, Richie Gold, his name? was. I said, can I speak to Nick? He said, "Uh, oh, Nick's not here. Um, Haven't you heard? He's at the funeral. Oh, no. It was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing. So uh, I said, you know, um, I said, well, Get him to phone me when he comes back. I've got to speak to him, you know. And uh, I said anything I can do, Nick. He was very depressed. He said, "He said, oh, come and have a drink, Russ. Come and have a drink tonight at the pub." So I went. I uh, went to the pub, and he was just staring into space. I just crashed. And I wrote. I wrote. I wrote a song called "I Don't Believe in Miracles," which was a hit here actually for Colin Blunstone, who was the singer in the Zombies. But it was a hit. Um. And he still uses it in his show tonight, but I, it was one of those things that came from the heart, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe in mm-hmm. miracles, but I thought you might show your face and have the grace to tell me where you are. And I, I believe I was your game, your ball. If you threw me up, then I would fall. And so you've won again. You win them all. I believe I'd run to you if you should call. But I don't believe in miracles. I don't believe in miracles. But I thought you might show your face and have the grace to tell me where you are. But I believe that somewhere there's someone who's going to like the way when things go wrong. The bullet that shot me down was from your gun. The words that turned me round were from your song. But it's one of those. And people were saying to me, when I was in the studio, they were saying to me, you can't, you can't call it I don't believe in miracles. I said, yeah, no, I can, I can. Uh, but I, I said, "It can't believe I do believe in miracles because it's, it's, it's from the heart. You know, this right. is how I feel. And uh so but I every verse I try to make I've tried to make the the verse is kind of positive. Or the last verse I tried to make positive. I don't believe in miracles, I don't believe in miracles, but I believe that somewhere there's someone who's gonna like the way when things go wrong. You know, the bullet that shot me down was from your gun. The words that turn me around but from it's kind of for me, it's spiritual. It's very much a spiritual kind of song. And uh so I wrote that, and I had this depression. It went on. It went on for about nine months altogether. You know, it's really, really. I worked all the way through it. I was with Arjun, mm-hmm. tour in America, <laughs> seven a seven week tour with a di- starting a depression. You know,
1: yeah.
2: I felt best when I was on the stage. You know, when I was on the stage, I was fine. It's coming off the stage. And you had this uh, these feelings and stuff. It was very, very strange. And um, you know, after that nine months. I started to come out of it and it was just wonderful. It was like being reborn. But you know, when you, you hear people say, God does touch me or whatever they say, that kind of thing. God has touched my heart or they say, or, or I've been reborn or, you know, I'm, um, reincarnated or whatever, you know, but it, it was a definite thing. I felt so amazing. It was like being a kid again, you know, after having this depression and I, uh, I sat at the piano, and I just wanted to put down how I felt, and I wrote "God gave rock and roll to you," but I—I wrote the first verse. I wrote uh, "Kiss" changed changed my my first verse. Yeah. It wouldn't have worked in America anyway, but uh, it was "Love your friend, love your friend, and love your neighbor, love your life, and love your neighbor. No, it's never too late to change your mind. Don't step on snails, don't climb in trees. Love Cliff Richard, but please don't ease. it's It's one of those. But God gave rock and roll to you. Gave rock and roll. But all the other words that they use and I use it, that's all my, that's all my stuff. In fact, Kiss changed the first verse and made that verse better because it suited America. Mine didn't suit America at all, but it's how I felt. But the thing about uh, if you want to be a singer or play guitar, man, you've got to sweat or you don't get far because it's never too late to work, nine to five. And if you're young, then you'll never be old. Music can make your dreams unfold. How good it feels to be alive. Uh, so, you know, it's just... a. I My mother was quite... I mean, my mother could quote anything. I'm not particularly religious, to be honest. Yeah. Although, you know, I, 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 feel, I feel pretty spiritual. But my mother... Was very. She could quote anything from the Bible. You know, <laughs> she always. She had a phrase for every every occasion. You know, and she used to say to me things like, you know, uh, well, God gave you. God gave. When I was a kid, you know, God gave you that, and God gave you that. You know, God gave you that, and I, and I think it's it, it sank into my uh, psyche. <laughs> wow! But that's how I came to write the song. Initially, and we recorded as and We had a we had a hit with it here after "Hold Your Head Up." It was yeah. a hit, um, and then it was um, it was 1985. I was in I was in the States actually. I was waiting to go into a, a record label. If I can tell you how Kiss came to record Absolutely. it, yes, Absolutely. yeah, we were
1: going to ask anyway. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, Okay, I was in. I was going to a few um, record labels. Uh, I forget why I was there actually. But this guy walked past me. I was waiting to go in and this, to see an A&R man. And this guy walked past me. He was familiar curly hair and sort of uh, drainpipe jeans and baseball, baseball boots. And he looked at me and said, Russ Byler? I went, yeah. And he was English. And he said, it was Nigel Harrison from Blondie.
1: Oh.
2: And he was working there. He said, you know, he said, at the moment we're collating songs for a movie. He said, did you see Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, which I didn't see. Mm-hmm. He said, but we are, are doing a, a follow-up, which is going to be called, um, I think it's Bogus Journey. Yeah. And um, he said, uh, I've told them, and they're very keen, that your song, God Gave Rock and Roll, you, would be great for the movie, would be perfect. <laughs> so I said, well, yeah, if you want to use it, it's fine by me, you know. And, um, so they were trying, they apparently asked a few different bands and tried it, but but when Kiss came along, they said, oh, we'll do it. We want to change the first verse because, you know, that wouldn't suit America, you know? So, um, yeah. That's what
0: happened. Wow, that's <laughs> great. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you've written you you've written a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Yeah, so that that is
2: yeah. All so sorts, all, sorts, all sorts of things really. Yeah. yeah,
0: Three Dog Night, liar, hot chocolate. I mean, Head East and Rainbow did since you've been gone.
2: Uh, and Brian May. Yeah, Brian May did it too. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. yeah. It's quite a
2: yeah. It's yeah. quite
1: a resume or it's quite a, quite a CV that you have. Uh, you know. Let's see. I, I got to ask this because you are, of course, Russ Ballard, but you also happen to be Russell Glenn Ballard. Um, how often do you have to explain to people that there is another Glenn Ballard who is American, who is also in the music industry, who is also very important? <laughs> yeah. Is there ever any confusion between, between you and, and Glenn Ballard?
2: I had John. I'm trying to think of the second name. He was one. He was here, American guy, and now heads a heads a record, a quite a big record company or publishing company, and he was a writer. John, he wrote um, an Earth, Wind, and Fire song with a couple of other guys, but he also wrote "Save Saving the Best for Last." Do you remember that tune?
1: Uh, I think so. Uh, Save the Best For, last. for uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Williams.
2: That- for Vanessa Williams. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And he. he there were three guys on that too. And he, he turned up at my house and we were riding together when just before the Vanessa Williams song came out funnily enough. And he told me he'd written this song and he played it to me. myself. It's a beautiful tune. And, uh, and he, he, he was, uh, he was chatting to me and suddenly he said, um, yeah, no, but that's Russ Ballard. That's Russ Ballard. You're talking about Russ Ballard. I said, I said, I'm Russ Ballard. <laughs> I mean Glenn Ballard. sorry. Sorry. I mean that's what he said to me. It's crazy. <laughs> that's funny. So that's the only yeah, yeah, I'm aware. I mean uh, he did the Wilson Phillips things. Did he? he did that uh, Man in the Mirror? He's done a
1: lot. He's yeah, done he's, a lot. Of he's, stuff. He's, he did, yeah, one, did, he lot
2: did of of- one of my favorite. He did my one of my favorite albums actually. And Which that was is? Jagged Little Pill.
0: Yeah. Oh, Alana, there, there we go. go. Good stuff. What's it like <laughs> to play in Abbey Road Studios? I, I saw that you uh, you played in Abbey Road.
2: I've been going there since I was 15. That's awesome. Hey, that's great. I did my first session there when I, I did my first session at 15, you know, 15, well before the Beatles. Wow. Before they came out. Yeah. Number two with Norrie Paramore, because uh, uh, somebody told Norrie Paramore, who, who before George Martin, he was the biggest producer from Abbey Road, you know, from EMI. Uh, They had John Burgess, they had George Martin, they had Norrie Paramore, they had Wally Ridley and all these different staff producers, you know. And so I was going in there. uh, So we were going in all the time. We'd make, same as the Beatles, the Hollies, Freddie and the Dreamers, all those signed to EMI. We used to make, I was in the roulettes, you see, with Adam Faith. Mm -hmm. And we we did, we used to do three, we used to do two songs in three hours. So wow. the Beatles Goodness. did the same. All the Beatles sessions they used to do, and you, you could work from 10 till 1, and then the next session would be from 2 till 5, and then it'll, uh, then it'll go right from 7 till 10, and that would be finished every day. It was like that. Wow. But you do two yeah. songs in three hours, and you had a 20-minute tea break in between. <laughs> you go have a cup of tea. You know, you do the, the A-side. And then John Burgess used to produ- produce us. And John would say, should we have a cup of tea? You know, <laughs> we'd say, yeah. But uh, we didn't really want tea. We just wanted to play. But we'd go downstairs. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, this is how records were made. They used to sell, like, 50,000 a day in those days. You know, it's just amazing <laughs> But yeah. now you make four minutes of music, it takes five or six days. You know? <laughs> That's, That's true. true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's Let's talk about Argent for a moment.
1: Uh, I, I want to, because a, a lot of our American audience may not be familiar. We have a lot of UK listeners as well, but a lot of our American audience may not be as familiar. If you had to point to hmm. one Argent album or one track even to get a new listener started with Argent, where would you point them?
2: I liked, I mean, we did Liar on the first album. That was a nice, I really liked, I I thought that was quite a good version. It was a good demo for Three Dog Night anyway. My (laughs) favourite album was In Deep. In Deep. In Deep I thought was really good. I had God Gave Rock and Roll to You on it as well, but it had, uh, we were together then, we'd done about, I don't know, we'd done about five or six tours of, six or seven tours of America, and we were really tight then, you know. And uh, that be that would be my choice. Okay,
1: there you go. Straight from Russ Ballard. Go there listen go. to "Indeed" by up. Argent and get your Argent collection started. Yeah. Uh,
0: t- talk a little bit about the holy guitar that you have. The uh, the the holy guitar.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I picked it up today. I took it's in my studio. I took it. out took it in the studio. It's in there now. I I would have gone and showed it to you actually, but it's in the studio. Um, yeah, well, that was a nineteen sixty five Stratocaster, black Stratocaster. And my friend had bought this thing, you know, and he was playing he was playing it, and I said to him uh he said, "I want to sell this." He wasn't really a guitar player he, he was a rhythm guitar player, but uh, he was in unit four plus two do you remember that band oh
1: I know it from yeah. I know it from research I'm not familiar with the band but, yeah, I, but Concrete,
2: I, yes. Concrete, a song called Concrete and Clay It was a great tune played on that as well funnily enough and he uh I said, "I'll buy it from you." How much do you want for it? Like, it was 200 pounds or something. So I said, yeah, I'll have it off of you. And um, at the time, I, I don't know if you remember, but it was very fashionable. To, to, you used to see chairs like in in venues, in halls, and they had round holes in them, and you know, because it made them lighter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were metal and they were in holy. And I said, God, I'd like a guitar like that, you know, just holes, you know, make the guitar really light too, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I tried to change it around. Had uh, my friend cut it around for me. He worked, he uh, he was at college at the Royal Royal Academy, Royal Academy of Art. And I said, he was my oldest friend, still around. I said, Jim, can you? Uh, I said, can you cut some holes in it and you know do it? And then I had new pots in there, new. New knobs, you know, pots and things. Then I put a a Gibson humbucker in on there, and uh, add a hole in the in the stock at the top. (laughs) But but, um, I threw it up on stage one day, and it crashed on the floor. The neck split, so we had a new neck given it. But it's a Telecaster neck on there now, so it looks even stranger. (laughs) But um, that's how that happened. So you kind of, you know, it looked metal.
1: Yeah, you've kind of invented the the Frankenstrat before Eddie Van Halen almost. He, he's, you know,
2: famous for his Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know. yeah. So that was 1969 when I didn't yeah. mind. Wow.
1: That's that's really fascinating. I love that. I loved your eighty four solo album Voices.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and your twenty twenty project. It's good to be here. Vocally, I really like my awakening. And it was nice to see the revisit of uh, New York Groove, which uh probably most know from from Ace Freely, but so good. So um I will tell everybody to check oh, it out Check check out that and check out the uh yeah. the, the voices of Russ Ballard podcast. So that's uh, yeah. good. Sure. Yeah, I, Have you have you, have you listened to that JP? Yeah, I did. I checked out the 2020 project. I really like uh, I really like my awakening vocally. I think it's good, and and I really liked the the revisit of of New York Grieve. I thought that was good. There's a there's one question that we ask everybody. Um, so you're on tour either in america in the states or or in your part of the world um, and you go into a gas station over here. what would be your gas station snack food of choice and uh while you're trying to think of it i'll tell you mine i would get a candy bar over here we have called three musketeers bar uh, because it's the most ounces uh they're all about the same price but my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want so i'd get a three musketeers candy bar what is your gas station snack food of choice
2: it'd have to be vegan because i'm vegan okay Okay. all right so so it'd be pro- probably pretty difficult I'd probably have something like uh well you would call uh, yeah what do you call crisps in the states oh chips yeah just yeah chips. We that's have good. potato chips chips yeah. a bag of chips it would probably be uh plain without anything in them you know something like that that's probably that's probably i wouldn't have a candy bar yeah because would probably have meal i don't use but i've i've been i have been vegetarian for forty 40, over 40 years. Wow. I've been vegan for 20. Wow. You were,
1: you were vegetarian and vegan before it was cool.
2: Yeah, I was, yeah, years and years ago. I was vegan actually. I was vegetarian first of all in 68. When Argent started, I was, I was, I was vegetarian then. And I think that, you know, um, that's why I lost a lot of weight as well. It's probably in the first place, it's probably why I crashed and didn't have a very good diet, you know, Mm. being on the road, not really eating that much and not sleeping as well. So, uh, yeah, but life is good, isn't it? It It's a great process. Even in the pandemic, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Especially doing this, you know, especially doing music every day. I love
0: it. Hard to complain. Well, Russ, you're a rock star. You're a legend, done all kinds of stuff. So we have enjoyed getting to talk with you. Thank you so much for your time. Hope you had a good time.
2: Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and it's nice to have that southern hospitality.
0: <laughs> well, you're always welcome. If you ever come to Tennessee, look us up. We'll uh, we'll go grab some yeah, good food and, uh, and
2: hang out with you. Yeah, <laughs> bring the J- JP, and you, Rob. Thanks a lot. All the well, best. Talk to you. Yeah, soon, take sir, care nice. of yourself.
1: This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Russ Ballard who wrote this beautiful song that has blessed the world, brought about world peace, (laughs) and all the things that Bill and Ted hoped it would do. That's right. and we have covered it for you here in long form. God gave rock and roll to you. Take take version one. one take two, version two. Take whatever. Petra, whatever take, you yeah, whichever version you prefer. Uh, movie month continues. We'll be back next week with a classic for the '80s kids among us, and you guys are gonna love it. As movie month continues, another great song coming next week. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.